and then sure. um, and then Diane has this thing. Oh my God, she bought this card catalog in of questions. I, I, I guess I guess she's been talking to your daughter, and there's all these there's all these gotcha questions in there, right? Well, that's that's good for me because uh, I I'll, I'll answer any questions that uh, that that you can come up with. Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Hopefully I can get the answers for them. Oh, we've got a couple for you. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, so we'll start off. Um, this is Steve. Hi, welcome to the Art Box. And we have Linda. Hi, Steve. And I'm sorry. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, Diane. Hi, Linda. Hi, Steve. This is Diane. So, and we're all all set to talk to Chuck Walters. Chuck Waters. Yes. I'm sorry. Did I say Waters right? You did yeah, the second time. Chuck Waters. You got it right. <laughs> okay, because well, the youngest son always gives me and my wife the devil that we don't say water because we say it water. And oh, I yeah, got, water. I guess, from, see, I guess where, that's some. Where are you from? Well, you see, that's a, that's a Maryland thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's Eastern. And we would tell him to to go get some water, and he would say, "I don't know what you're t- I don't know what you're talking about, because there's no such thing as water. So it's waters." Anyway, Chuck, I'm turning this over to Linda and Diane. Oh, Steve, you're a part of this too. Oh, I got my, I got my yeah, questions here. I, I, All I got right, my questions. Chuck, we want to welcome you and thank you for coming and talking with us today. I read your biography and it's just amazing and exciting about what you do and have done in your life. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your early life? I usually just have to start with, you know, people like to know how you got into the business. How did you become a stuntman? Right. Well, would you care to hear how that worked out. Oh, we would sure love to it's hear about that. 58, I must have liked it because it's, it's 58 years later. <laughs> and uh, so, but let's just go from how I started. Okay. I got tired of the cold weather back in Illinois. I decided I'm going to come out to California and I was a plumber back there. So I got into the plumbing industry out here. While I was out here, and this was on a trial run because I had a home in, in back in Illinois, and I, I I was just coming out here to see if I was going to be able, it was going to work out. While I was here, I saw an article in TV Guide about stuntmen. I thought, wow, well, I was always crazy in high school. I was jumping, hopping trains and climbing buildings and, and uh, doing a lot of things that I probably could have got hurt on. But anyway, that was my my kind of lifestyle. So 
I got the uh, I saw the article in TV Guide, and I got the name of a stunt man that that owned a gym out in Santa Monica, and so I set it up to go out and meet him. And uh, his name was Paul Stater. Uh, he uh, I got talking to him, and he he laid it on the line to me. I told him I was interested in becoming a stuntman and, and uh, he said well you come out here work out at my gym and and uh, let's see how it works out you'll be working with stuntmen we do fight uh, choreography we do high falls we do fencing we do you know just the kind of things that you could do at the gym and then on, on Saturdays we'd go out and go repelling uh, but so we, I trained under him for, oh, when I came back, it took me about nine months, and these guys were all surprised because after I was there for nine months, the, uh, he came to me one day. He says, "Chuck, you got all your Scooby gear, right?" And I said, "Yes, I, I do have." He said, "Well, you're going to fill in for me tomorrow on a show called Honey West." <laughs> oh my God. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, well, that at least you guys saw that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, with Anne Francis, and I forget her co-star, but anyway, so. I, I, he said, but I didn't even have a Screen Actors Guild card. He said, here. Here's what you gotta do. You write up a letter and tell them what a great scuba diver you are and your specialty and you know underwater demolition. He said, throw a bunch of stuff in there. He said, bring it out here to Fox because I can't do the show tomorrow. And so you're gonna fill in for me. He says, bring the letter out here. I'll sign it, take, take it to Screen Actors Guild. You know, you'll be in and then you'll be working on the show tomorrow. So, okay, tomorrow comes, I go to CBS down here about a mile from my house i walk by it once a week and i i think i reminisce then about how it was my first day on the on the on the uh, show we got we went to lunch and the director and the cinematographer and myself were the first three back and the director says chuck you, you ready to go in the water i said yeah i'm ready to go so what hey, is the- chuck were, were you scared what <laughs> you, you hey you know what if you're if you're scared you shouldn't be there <laughs> so that's what that's the first thing don't take the job if you if you're scared because it'll tell and uh anyway so the director says go on out in the water and what the scene is is the there's a uh a, a thermos of bottle sitting on the on a blanket and the people had walked away and it's full of money and the diver has to just crawl up out of the water onto the beach grab the thermos and go back into the water that was the shot and we got it and, okay chuck you're done so i i said wow this is easy <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I thought, well, that was great. So I told Paul, I called him, I said, hey, the, the job went real well. I said, we did one take. I was out of there by 1 o'clock. I said, the crew wasn't even back from lunch yet. So anyway, then the next thing I was, like I said, Paul Stater was the guy. He was he was my mentor. He, he was the guy that really got me going. He had been working on iSpy. My next job was doubling Robert Culp on iSpy. The scene is this gigantic, pro wrestler guy comes in, kicks Robert Culp up off the 
floor. It's in like a big living room. And the guy's like 300 pounds and about six foot six. And he picks me up and throws me about 30 feet across the set into this couch. And I I, I hit the couch and bounced off. I said, shoot, this is great. I said, this is not going to do this. (laughs) So anyway, so I did that. So some of the other shows that I work with, Paul, I did Batman, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, all these shows you guys probably saw when you were kids. I worked with Paul for about three years at the gym, boxing, and and he said, Chuck, he said, you know what, you, you better get out and get start meeting some of these other stunt coordinators. So I took him up on what he mentioned, and, and I didn't go to the gym anymore. So I, I did. I, I got out and started introducing myself to some of the stunt guys. One of the, one of the top guys that, that, that did push me along was a guy named Buddy Van Horn. Uh, he was... Uh, Clint Eastwood's kind of right-hand guy, right-hand man. He, he coordinated, stunt coordinated. He actually directed uh, three of, of Clint's movies. Go ahead. Make my day. I got a call from him. Didn't know him from only uh, hearing about him. And uh, he said he was working on a picture called uh, High Plains Drifter. It was where they painted the town red. He said, Chuck, he said... Uh, I got a high fall for you to do. If you're interested, it's falling out of a church steeple. And uh, what do you think? I said, shoot, let's do it. By the way, I did 13 Clint Eastwood pictures. From Just from that picture got me started <clears throat> working with uh, Buddy and Clint. Uh, I'm going to have so. to be queuing them up tonight on oh, the yeah. DVR. <laughs> Buddy, Buddy Van, you got to... Yeah, you gotta cue him up. Uh, just look, just go to Google and put in Buddy Van Horn, and uh, you'll see everything that he's done. And I'm gonna mention too, right now, too, while I'm thinking about it, if it wasn't for Buddy, I wouldn't have met my wife of like 40 years uh, on a picture with Buddy and Clint Eastwood called Thunderbolt and Lightfoot up in. Uh, Great Falls, Montana. Anyway, I got a lot, you know, that I I owed Buddy quite a bit. Anyway, then, so I I did. Well, I would uh, I went up to to Levining uh, is where where the the show was, and uh, come time to do the high fall. So, Buddy, he said, "Come on, let's go over and look at this high fall." So he says, "Look, what do you see? Anything that I can." make any better for you i said he said you know that bottom roof is a little flat he said you know if you want we could you know pitch that up a little more well here i am brand new guy to buddy you're you don't want to make any waves everything you you want it to you know just don't cause any problems so i said no shoot that's okay don't worry about that he says well you know you kind of when you get shot three three bad guys come riding in and they come down by the church, and they're shooting. They see me up in the tower. They're going to shoot me out of the tower. So Buddy says, well, you can just kind of drape yourself out over that ledge on the tower and, you know, come, you know, work your way off the roof. I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'll put my leg up, my knee up here, and, and I'll just pitch myself out. And I'll take that stack out on the way down. 
and then I'll go. He says, "You want a pad down?" I said, "No, I'll go to the ground." He said, "Holy crap! That, oh are you sure you want to do?" That? I said, "Yeah, no, that's no problem." Okay, here they come. We're ready to go. So here comes the three guys riding in. I'm ringing the bell. I'm going. Here they come. Here they come. And then they they shoot shoot me out of the tower. I go down the first roof, take the stack out on the way, hit the second roof, and go to the ground. Buddy comes, Chuck, you got another one in you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he said the actors didn't get far enough into the shot. I said, <sighs> I said, if we go right now. <laughs> well, you he said, don't want to think about it too much. No, no, you don't. Once you go, you got, the adrenaline's going, you got to go right quick like, you know? You didn't so, and they said, well, just don't, you don't have to go right away. He said, we got to fix those two boards you ran your knee through up there on the first, on the second row. <laughs> and I went and I had to do that again. After that, they moved over and they had another shot where the two guys were up on the barbershop and they get shot off. So I went right from that one, walked over across the road, and we did another shot of me going off backwards. And I hit the ground again. What I'm leading up to is again, Buddy. Buddy gets a call. Now, this is see how luckily, see, you get your jobs on how good you did the last one. Buddy gets a call from a guy in New York, and uh, he's on a movie called The Exorcist. He explains to Buddy that, well, we got a shot here where there's guy's doubling the priest, and he's got to go out of the window, and then we got these steps in Georgetown. There's 75 steps or flights of 25, and he's going to have to go down all these steps. And Buddy says, I got just the guy for you. (laughs) 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 So anyway, he says, you'll be getting a call from a guy, Dave Salvin. He was the production manager on the show. So I get the call. And and he says, uh, Chuck, he said, Buddy told me that you're the guy to do this thing. So... He says, the best thing, he says, oh, we're going to fly you back here and, and look at it, and then uh, we'll work it from there. So that's what happened. I flew back. I only had a little bag with me and, and uh, just for like an overnight thing. And they're starting to explain about the, the shot of coming out of the window. And at that time, they, hadn't, they didn't put up the addition or the fake uh, set up so you, it could be closer to the steps. The house was originally, it was like 30 feet back, and I and they said, well, you got to come from that window there and over here to the, I said, you can't make it from that window to this step. <laughs> and they said, well, that's what we wanted to hear, because some stunt guy said that he could do that. And I said, well, baloney. So they said, well, what are you doing in the next uh, couple of weeks? I said, the first job that comes along. They said, well, then consider yourself employed by Warner Brothers till we do this shot. <laughs> so they said, you can come up to New York. We'll do the interiors of the... Now, you got, have, have you seen The Exorcist? I have. A time yes. or two, yeah. Once. <laughs> that was okay, all I yeah, take. yeah. Well, once is all you needed, right? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, they said, you can come up to New York and we'll do the interiors and then... Uh, Come on down here to do the the exterior and the steps. Excuse my voice. I had a terrible cold here a while back, and my throat is still screwed up. So that's what I did. I went up to New York, 
and the, the uh, X guys built three phony windows for me to go out from the interior up there. Oh, okay. So when you first see him getting up off the floor after beating the heck out of the girl, and he's saying, saying, take me, take me, take me, and then these these uh, drapes are beckoning him out the window, so Friedkin, the director, says, I want those drapes to, just like it's pulling you out the window. So anyway, so we did three times there, uh, and w- which all worked out fine. But it's funny about, I mentioned the drapes. The drapes weren't working just the way Billy Friedkin saw that they should be. He said, that that's just not like they're supposed to be pulling you, pulling the priest out. They sent for another special effects guy that was supposed to be real good at working on drapes and how they would blow in the breeze and that. So they actually sent for this guy to come up, come back there just to set up the drapes. So it was, there was really something that, you know, they go to that extent, but they do, they go to extent on a lot of things. So that's the way the movie business is. But, uh, well, look, let me ask you, any questions so far? (laughs) Well, I just wanted to say to you, Chuck, I saw that fall in High Plains Drifter from the church tower. It's it's one of those things you just remember that that was amazing. And now I know it's you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Like I said, that that fall is what really started my getting to be known in the business and then right after that doing the exorcist sure you know, uh, i did a few things like that um i'll have, i'm going to tell you another one as long as I, i'm on buddy van horn thing he had a uh, a show going down to puerto vallarta it was a pirate picture and now here this is like in august and he says chuck i got this show coming up going down to the, these guys there's three guys in a two guys and a, and a girl in this banana wagon and they go off like an 85 foot cliff I said oh I'll do it said, don't <laughs> say you're gonna do it you haven't even seen it yet <laughs> I, I said but no it sounds interesting so he says I'm gonna take three guys down we're gonna scout it and then we'll go from there he did uh, he took three of us uh, we had myself and this other guy and one black guy, the double James Earl Jones. We get down we're out in the water, Buddy's way up on the cliff, and he's. when we get there, we're standing on rocks that are in the water right below where the wagon's got to hit. And because that was the extension of the, the where the cliff was, they had to get out so far to launch the, the, the wagon out. So anyway, we're standing on the rocks, and Buddy says, what are you guys going to need to get this thing shot? Because this is where they want to put the ramp. Well, we'd like a little more water. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it, we'd have to go at high tide because there was a water markup. We knew that there was, you know, like a high tide. We, like I said, we are standing on the rocks, so we knew we were going to have about 9 or 10 feet of water. That's still not a lot when you think about it, coming from 85 feet, you know, with, with the wagon. I so, don't but think so. Anyway, so uh, that, that's what they said they were going to do. They were going to plan it. And that, so when we got time to do the shot, well, Buddy said to, he wanted, Buddy had a lot of, he, he'd always say, Chuck, you go do this, go do that. And 
and uh, go work with the effects guys. Well, he said, get that wa- get that bottom cleared out, you know, the way you want it. So I went up and worked with the effects guys. They're wrapping. Now, these <laughs> this is in Mexico. Okay. These guys are wrapping their own sticks of dynamite, 25 sticks in a bundle. And I would dive with it, and we'd plant these charges under these big boulders down in the area where the wagon's going to hit. We blew those rocks about 150 feet up in the air above where the cliff was. Fish are flying everywhere. The Mexicans are going down there to get the fish out of the water and take them home. But, you know, that, that all that, that was exciting, like, for me to, to be able to work with those, you know, work with those guys. But uh, another time, Buddy sent me on a thing. He said, I had to turn a car over. On a, we were doing a TV pilot. It was up at Tahoe, and uh, there was snow on the ground. And Buddy says, you go pick the spot. You're the guy who's going to turn the car over. So I said, okay. So I go out and I found the spot and uh, ended up, had to turn a little 260 dots, and he said, Chuck, we don't have even time to put any kind of a roll bar in that thing. Of course and not. I, I said, don't worry about it. I said, the thing is so low of a top on it, it's not going to make much difference. So anyway, that's what it, I'm rolling, and Buddy's in a... Hey, are you there, Chuck? Yeah, yeah. I, I, had, a, I had a scam call coming. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, put that in. That might sound good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were at Buddy had a sled. Yeah, Buddy was on a thing trying to get across the road, and if he doesn't get out of the way, and I could, and he he was gunning this this thing, and and it wasn't going, and and I could see his eyes are just getting real. But finally, it takes hold, and he got out of the way. But I I had it. That up to where? Oh, you got. Is that your? Maybe that's your phone too. No, anyway, it's it's being quiet you, now. You're gonna have to do a lot of editing in this thing. I, <laughs> I always have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> so anyway, so I I end up and I had it set up to where if if the wrap doesn't flip it over completely, there was a big boulder on the other side of the ramp. I said if I don't hit this ramp and it doesn't do it, it'll. It'll ricochet me off that boulder on the other side. I ended up turning it three times down the side of this hill and ended up upside down in the snow. And that's the way it, they played the scene, because the gas is dripping out of the tank, and it, so it all worked real good. But So that's another another buddy's story. Were you ever in the hospital after any of this? Were you injured? No, I uh, I got I got out of... I I never had to go to the hospital. They well, I'll tell you what they they <laughs> when I was coordinating on one, 
I was safety in for a camera crew, and I got all these motorcycles. They're coming, they're flip-flopping here and there and off into the ditch, and they lay down, and one guy comes sliding in to the right toward camera. So I'm busy pulling the camera guy out of the way so he didn't get hit, and the, and the motorcycle hits me on my legs and flips me right up and onto my head. And I, I hit, I got up, and my son was there, and I said, Jim, what are we doing out here? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know where we were, what we were doing, because it just knocked me for a couple seconds. So they said, Chuck, sure. okay, we're wrapping anyway. You're going to go to the hospital. I said, no, I don't have to go to the hospital. There's nothing wrong. I said, no, nope, it's part of the insurance thing. you got to go to the hospital. So I jumped in the car with the guy, and I said, you know what? i got to get back and give all these bike these bike guys their their adjustments for doing different stunts you get adjustments you know you get not only your day pay you get an extra above that depending on the skill involved the danger of the stunt of you getting hurt so anyway we're heading over to the hospital we get it's like five in the morning i go, walk in there's always a like a receptionist there I walked up to the reception. I said, my name is Chuck Waters. Just put my name down here. I'm going. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I went out the door, and then I went back to the set and was able to give all the guys their adjustments. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, so you were management then. So that was your worst injury. Yeah, that was about it. As management. (laughs) As management. Oh my you mean my management and, and as far as getting hurt? No, you were a boss then. You weren't supposed to be getting hurt. Oh, no, I was stunt coordinator. Yeah, no, you were no, stunt coordinator. Oh, on most of the jobs that I stunt coordinated, I always tried to find, uh, I would find a spot to where I could do a stunt. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, I, I did, there was a show up in uh, Vegas. It was called Nasty Boys. It was a pilot. And uh, I did second unit. Second unit directing is, you know, you're doing all the action shots that the first unit doesn't. They they, they, they just turn it over to a stunt guy because they know he knows better about the stunts to be, to be done uh, than, say, a director that he's just interested mainly in the acting and, you know, that type of thing. So, but anyway, there's a car to turn over. And I turned it over. And when a couple of stunt guys said, well, why are you doing it? You don't have to do this. You're the coordinator. I said, I'm doing it because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the boss. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I, did a, I did a lot of stunts when I was coordinating. Well, Paul, let me ask you, because we were talking about training with Paul Stater. Yeah. Um, what did you train for, I guess, because and, and they only take that one step further, because it seems like every action shot was going to be different. Right? Well, so was was training just basically how to take well, a fall? and? Well, you did. Yes. Yeah. You did just what you basically it was basic training for something that's going to take place. It gives you the general knowledge and the ability that you have to have. And the timing, you know, skill, like I said, there, there's, uh, and, and that's what you were training for. I mean, like fencing, where, where are you going to learn, where, where are you going to do, you can't just walk onto a pirate picture and say, well, here, I know how to sword, I know how to sword fight. 
you know, you have to know the moves and the and how to parry and you know and uh, all the different moves for for fencing. And then the same as like the fight routines, we would set up between there was oh there was about a half a dozen of us that were there that we became like a stunt team at the at the gym, and. I would be the the camera, and then the other guys. They'd set up where, you know, a couple guys would start the fight, and then a couple more would come in, and and you what you you set up routines, and then you being camera, you tell them when they they had misses. In other words, if you don't have the camera angle right, you're going to show that the guy didn't really hit him in the face. He just oh. it was a miss. So you got to set your camera up and and your uh, your action and during that fight you have to keep in mind where that camera is and sometimes they'll have two cameras now it's really tough to make sure that you don't have a miss because then you gotta say hey, that was a mess you gotta start over you know so that was the fight part of it uh, then we had a ladder set up into a skylight to give you again the basics for doing a high fall when to turn over when before you're hitting the pad, you know, and, and then the basic thing, too, that Paul liked, because he, he liked boxing. That was a basic thing for you to have to do is go and get in the ring with Paul, and he'd knock your head off. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he's the only guy to ever give me a bloody nose when I was fighting. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it, was, uh, it was good training. The, the, a lot of the... Now I get back as far as training too. Like say you're on on the westerns, these guys had already come from like rodeoing, so they had the horse stuff down. So then it was just again, it was the the timing and then being able to do the fights. And at, I did a, a show uh, talking about fights uh, called 1941 with Spielberg, and we had this. It was in a USO, and all these Navy and Marines and Army guys are all in it, and a big fight starts up. And this one guy comes up to me, he says, Chuck, he said, and he's a cowboy. He was a bull rider. And he says, Chuck, I don't even know how to throw a punch. I said, look, Larry, I'll throw him. You just throw your head the direction I'm punching. I'll knock you down onto the floor, and I'll pick you up again. I'll keep hitting you, and by then the shot will be over. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know how to throw a punch. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was that was with Belushi and Aykroyd. That was the one. Yeah, but, I like that. I don't think it did very good though. No, I at, didn't at the do box too well. office, but I like no, that. Did pretty good, and uh, I still get residuals. Is ET? That one came out pretty good. That Spielberg did. And you? Oh, and here I'll, I'll name. Here's a couple more. How about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, I, think, I, that I think we've all seen that. Is that the uh, one where? Ten. Is that the one where you were in the in the car and you were hanging off the door? Is that the one? Yes, the, that's where. Uh, and I, yep. that, that was it. Yeah, I was. I crawl. I was one of the German soldiers, and after about half a dozen of them were knocked off, it's it's my turn to try and get Harrison. <laughs> so, 
and then we got the sergeant left yet. But anyway, I climb out alongside the the truck from the back, and I got the I have to pull the gun out of my holster, and I reach in through the window and I shoot Harrison Ford in the arm. He kicks the door open, and I'm dragging alongside the truck right by the wheels. Oh wow! I remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that one. <laughs> And, and so when you're doing those scenes, do you actually have to figure out how to get it to look the way it does? Or is that the director's job or what? Well, that... no, it, yeah, it's more, it's pretty much up to you. You, you, can, you know what they want. Or the, the stunt coordinator who, uh, will tell you this is what you, you're going to do in this shot. Okay, this is, and then while the truck is sitting there and they're setting up cameras, the, the coordinator will say, well, okay, Chuck, come on to the back here, get up alongside here, pull the gun out, and you're going to shoot him. He's going to kick the door open. Then we're going to reset with cameras, and we're going to get you dragging along the, the by the wheels of the truck and over that little, the, the cliff edge. And, they, you know, they, you talk through the whole, you rehearse just about every stunt you're going to do, ex- except going off a cliff. Yeah. 85, you're not going to do that. Uh, Let's but, talk about this one scene. How many takes? Which one? The one scene where you're hanging off the door and you shoot Harrison. Oh, well, we, I did that probably about, I think, about three or four times just because of different angles with camera angles. Hmm. But the, the the one off the cliff, that was a one-shot deal, one take. Oh, I'll tell you something. It depends. Like, if you're doing fights, uh, they'll have sometimes two, three cameras set up on a fight so that they can get all different angles and then cut in and out. Uh, when we used to do the Batman fights, they'd have one camera up high in a corner, and then they'd have... they they do a master shot. You do the whole shot, even if there's some goof up somewhere, they don't they don't mind because they're gonna go down in now and get close ups with the actors. So you do the whole thing and then you know, like I said, then the actors get the their their close ups. I mentioned I did like about thirteen Clint Eastwood shows, right? And I mentioned that I uh work on Spielberg and some of those movies you might have seen are the the three Indian the Raiders Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and uh, the Crusade, and E.T. Poltergeist, Arachnophobia, Close Encounters. Oh my goodness! What about yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean? You did that one, right? I did that one. I did. Yeah, I only worked one of those. What, what yeah. did you do on that show? On that movie? Uh, I was in a fight in a bar. Ah. Yeah, they had a big barroom fight take place. How about while you're going through there, how about Flags of Our Fathers? I did work on that. Yeah, I did work on Flags. I, then with, I'm trying to think of some of the ones with Clint, too. I mean... <laughs> Was Flags of Our Fathers Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's really good because I, 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 I read the book and I, I read his other books. I think James Bradley was his name. Oh, yeah. The... the guy what's it i'm trying to think how that came about yeah because his dad was um his dad was one of the flag raisers on Iwo Jima. raised the flag on yeah. Iwo Jima. right that was one of them right wasn't he a corpsman 
Yes, he was. Yes, uh, his dad was, was a corpsman. Yeah, I was like, I was after Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> How was it working with Clint Eastwood? Did, did you? Clint is a great guy. There's, I, you know, I can't say any more other than he's just a good guy. He was, uh, he's like, he's he's quiet. He's not really, yeah, he's he's a quiet kind of guy. He'll stand around, he'll come out on the set, and he'll have his Levi's and a T-shirt in his pickup truck and, and stand around and kicking stones. And I mean, he's just, he's one of the guys, you know. Kind of down to earth, right? Yes, yeah. down to earth. I remember yeah. we used to see him, uh, when I worked at Warner Brothers, we used to see him walking by and always like, oh my gosh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> but he seemed like a pretty nice guy then, He was, but he very quiet. Yeah, he was. Is he, he's not doing bad either for ninety two. No, I think he's doing okay. Is he ninety two? Yeah. Huh? yeah, he's he's still produ- you know producing and directing. Well, he's on his last picture now. Oh, this is this is it for him. You think? Yeah, he's just it's what I what I have read and heard that he's on his last show. Are you going to do a stunt for Clint Eastwood on his last show? I don't even think there's any stunts in this one. There's something about a court scene or something like that. Too bad for you, Chuck. Too bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> which which then leads me to one of my questions. Thank you, Linda. Um, are there any more stunts in your future? Uh, you know what? If somebody calls me and I feel like doing it, uh, it's not traveling from here down to Long Beach or something through all the traffic. And, uh, <laughs> that may be more dangerous. Huh? Yeah. Speaking of that, though, I did have a show going down there for about three days. I had a part on it. I have to kill this girl. And <laughs> I know. I know. And I never did that before. <laughs> so anyway, the traffic was ridiculous. So I thought, you know what? Any more of those, I'm going to tell them. I, I, I just, you know, get somebody else because I'm not going to do it. So anyway, I, that brings to my mind about a. I was offered a show and I did it finally. But they called me. And they said, Chuck, we got a show to do. It's a swimming pool thing, and you, it's a little bit of kind of a little part. You got a line of dialogue, and you come out, and the the actress is the director. She's a the, the female director. You get you walk out to the pool, and you got you're going to say hi, cutie, and then you dive in, and you go down, and there's a line of oh, he's not come up. There's bubbles, and <laughs> and so I come. I, the guy comes up, and then you got to do a a backstroke away from uh, away from Kim. So they called and they said, they explained it and they said, but you have to come over here to Beverly Hills and bring a resume and and uh, they started riddling off all these things. I said, you know what? Get somebody else. I said, I'm not going to come over. I said, go on IMDB. You can get my resume off of that. But you know what? Don't even forget it. I'm not coming over. No <laughs> so, kidding. <laughs> so they call a, a buddy of mine. When he heard, oh, you got to be down in the water and the bubbles are coming up, he says, call Chuck Waters. <laughs> 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 That's 
so so they did. They called me the next day, Chuck. We're booking you. Oh my <laughs> so, okay, and that was like three years ago. Wow, <laughs> that's a great story, yeah. Chuck. I yeah. noticed that you worked with Sean Connery. Was that on the Bond movies? No, it wasn't a Bond. It was uh, called Molly Maguire's. Okay, and uh, in fact, I got a. A book here of a, a, a guy saw my picture on it where I'm where we finally captured Sean Connery on the Molly Maguires. Anyway, he, he's he was okay to work with, but uh, I didn't really get to know him. I I played rugby with him is what I did. Him and Richard Harris because we were rehearsing for a, a scene that I ended up doing. Uh, after that, he, he's still, I can't say that he's a bad guy to work with. It was just probably because I didn't get to know him. But he didn't seem real friendly. Let's put it that way. Uh, understand. I'm getting the impression that you got to know a lot of the actors that you worked with pretty well. Well, I got to know Sean uh, Penn quite well, Martin uh-huh. Sheen, Clint. I was, you know, I got uh, through Buddy. But I ended up going to a awards where Buddy said, I want you to ride, uh, come to the awards with me. We're going to be sitting at Clint's table. That's pretty nice, you know. Yes. He pulls up. I go over to his house, and this big, long limo pulls up. And and, uh, so we had to, we get to the, to the awards place, and they got that red carpet thing going. I said, what the crap am I doing here? (laughs) 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 No, because people accuse me to being a little humble and laid back, and, you know, I'm getting a kick out of talking to you guys and telling you all this and reminiscing, but usually I I wasn't much on, you know, blowing my horn. (laughs) uh, You know, I, I... I, to me, it was just a, a job that was fun to do. Took me all over the world. I was probably one of the most traveled stunt guys. I've been everywhere. When you think of the movies that I did, that like uh, Apocalypse Now, it was Philippines, and I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Deer Hunter was uh, Thailand and uh, all over Europe, like uh, with uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, European vacation. I was in London, Paris, Rome, oh. Northern Italy, just on one movie alone. Yeah, wasn't how 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 difficult was Apocalypse Now? Because wasn't that where did Francis Ford Coppola have a have a nervous breakdown or something during no, that? or that was, was Sheen, the, right? No, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen did. A, he had a heart attack. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, he had a heart, he had a heart attack. I doubled I doubled Martin. That's why I was there. I doubled him. Uh, I did a fight with Marlon Brando at the end, where Martin kills him. Yeah. With okay. with the sword. With the yes. Yeah, I did that fight with him. Wow. Uh, they got a great shot of Martin coming up out of this water when he's all painted up and he's going to go kill the guards so that he can get to Brando. Uh, and he <laughs> Martin says, Chuck. Show me how you would come out of that water, he says. So let's just see what... It, he, I would always do, like, the tough thing to show him how to get it done, and then he would do it. So he's coming up out of the... And I said, you know, I'm going to come up with my eyes open, already opened. And he, he saw that. He said, oh, that looks great, he said. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, another... Here's another thing can, things that happen on the set. 
on that one. When they captured Martin, the, all these Ifagals, what they were, but they were these the, the guys that were Brando's men. Yeah. Uh, they catch Martin and they drag him through this mud. I mean, cruddy mud, rotten, dirty. <laughs> and so I rehearsed it for him. They drug me through all the mud and everything because he wanted to see how they're going to do it. So we did that. And now they said, now when they when they first capture you, let's see how we're going to do that because there's like a bunch of guys. And so the coordinators there and I said, look, let's just do like a we used to play King of the Hill when I was young. You know, you'd go up on a little ledge or a hill or something, and then all these guys would try and get you down. And you just, you're just knocking them out of the way as best you can. So I said, let's just do this for real. I said, I'll get over here and they'll let these guys all come at me, and I'll just keep punching and knocking the best I can till they overpower me. Okay, we're doing that. Now, they got to a guy that's they're like security cop and the philippines you start a fight there well if you don't break it up in a second they'll start shooting so anyway we start this fight and this cop looks around sees all the action going pulls his gun out and is going to shoot into the, and our coordinator goes, no, 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 don't shoot. Oh my God. Yeah. They were going to shoot. The guy was going to shoot in the crowd and, and Terry, who was coordinator, he stopped him. You know, some of that stuff gets pretty real and, and people react to it. Hey, so that, that was close to a near tragedy. Cause I was going to ask you was, you know, how close were you to any, um, tragedies, and I'm thinking of Vic Morrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I knew the couple guys that were on that show. One guy was in the chopper, and the other guy was a coordinator on it. But, yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I got another... I got another little story for you, and this is this is uh, uh, this could have been close. Well, you know, I'm going to mention, too, um, we're sitting over in a restaurant, buddy, and a couple other stunt guys, and we're just jabbering. And, and one of the guys said, you know what, what stunt do you think was one where you could have really, that could have been your day, that could have been it. And a couple of guys, oh, this and that. And I told Buddy, I said, well, I think when I did the, uh, I had to do a near miss with a train up in Vancouver, uh, five times <laughs> I got nowhere to go the camera crew is in the street I got all the steel around the edge of the tracks so that if I pull up and I can't make it I'm going to hit the steel or I get to run into the train or the train hits me so I said and it's raining <laughs> and it's, oh, no. so I'm parallel and alongside the, the train and I, I and I did it on a rehearsal. I even did one of the. I had to go with you know you can't stop. You're committed, so you're committed to cross in front of the train, or you're going to have a heck of a wreck, or take out a camera crew. I had no abort area, so anyway, I did that five times. And Buddy says, "Well, Chuck, yeah, but I don't think that was it." <laughs> <laughs> Your friend. He, yeah, my buddy. Buddy's my buddy. So anyway, he said, no, it was on Deer Hunter. And I said, oh, shoot, I forgot about that one. And he says, now here's the scene. 
there's three guys. There's Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro, and John Savage. They were in this can't, uh, a prison, like a bamboo cage thing, on the river, on the River Kwai, the real River Kwai. They break out of prison. They grab a hold. There's a log going down the river. They're going down the river on this raft, on this log. And there's a suspended bridge, cable bridge. Okay. They reach up. They're grabbing on the bridge. While they're grabbing on, here comes two choppers up the river. They're heading out to, you know, getting back to their front lines. And the one sees these guys trying to get up on the bridge, so it turns around. Okay, now we're going to get a shot. They want to get a shot of, of the three guys loading into the chopper. So they've got a crew on the on the shore, which is about thirty feet away. They've got uh, the, the they got this <coughs> pilot, co-pilot, two gunners, a camera guy sitting on the deck, uh, the cinematographer, and the director. They're getting a shot down at the two guys. Christopher Walken has made it up into the chopper. De Niro and Savage are trying to get up into the chopper, and um, they're, they're shooting down at him. So we got about nine people on that thing. I'm fighting with Chris Walken, trying to hold him. And he's going, get my guys, get them in here, get them in here. And and uh, I'm holding them. And, and there's all of a sudden, this guy's pulling on my pant pocket that he's sitting on the deck that's shooting... Uh, with me with Chris and I, I move over I figure I'm blocking him so I move over a little to my left and he pull out of my pocket again he says Chuck we're stuck on the cable <laughs> so the chopper came in the skids were stuck underneath the cable we got nowhere to go the camera crew on the ground is evacuating John or, uh, John and Robert De Niro they jumped into the river they're going down the river they know there's going to be a wreck he's pulling on my pant pocket I said okay I take my helmet off I go out get on the skid I'm hanging on the one hand on the door I'm motioning to the chopper guy a real cool opera, cool pilot I said take it down take it down move it back move it back and we got out of there. Oh, wow. Gosh. Could have been a little bit of a wreck. Wow. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck Waters, hero. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow. But that was probably the closest place, according to what Buddy thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say. <laughs> that that was, uh, and then it was in the cinematographer magazine that, oh, the stunt guy had to get out on the skid. That was closest we claimed to any real catastrophes. Anyway, that's that was... Uh, was Chuck, buddy, you you mentioned um, about not being computerized in any way. So uh, over the past X number of years, how much have uh-huh. things changed? Is is there a call for stunt people as much as there was no, in your uh, day? No, you're right. With all the way the green screen is, and it take, took a lot of the work away from the effects guys uh, and stunt guys because they can they can all put it all in on the computer but i gotta say when i was in i can only think of one shot that was even in the movie that i was on was on raiders and it was when the command no the german 
there was a German car went off the cliff, and that was a CGI thing. That's the only only place I can even think of that they that they had uh, the CGI. Yeah, when was that? That was that was in the eighties, wasn't it? Shoot, don't ask me years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have to ask Charlotte. Uh, that uh, what years? I don't know one year hardly from the other one. I know 1983 because it's on a jacket that I did Bad Boys with Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one I know. <laughs> Do you know of any directors that are using stunt people now, or is that something kind of? Uh, do you know? Oh, no, no, they're still using stunt okay. people. Yeah, they're still stunts. A lot, of the, these, a lot of the shows now are still using stunts. It's just not as much as there was. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. That's, uh, That's it fascinating. Like a lot of the fights that you see where these, you see the people are flip-flopping through the air about three, four, five times through the air and land on their feet. You know, that's baloney. <laughs> that's all, you know, all, you know, when I got blown up, they, they blew me out into the street. I mean, it was no goofing around with the CGI. <laughs> Rumor spread around in that Texas town. About to check outside the games. And you know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you want to go. I'm, okay. re- I'm really interested in your early life and, and how your parents... You, were you always this adventurous? And how did your parents react to that? My parents didn't have anything to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I did it without... <laughs> Without them even knowing about it. <laughs> okay, is this story true that as early as five years old you were climbing on the roof of your home? Yes, that's true. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then you jumped to a nearby tree to get down? Yeah, there was a tree close by and, you know, I could I got up and jumped over to it. I was always, you know, even in third grade, there was this train that uh, crossed my the road I had to go over to get to my house, and and it, it was growing real slow. So I'd I'd hop on the train on the rail on you know the ladders on the side. I'd hop on and I'd ride down a little ways and I'd jump off and I'd go back and I'd hop on it again <laughs> and ride down a little bit farther. It was just fun to do. Well, everybody did donuts in the snow, but with their car. I but bet your donuts were I bigger. I crossed over from one <laughs> car, from Mike. I was riding with a guy, and we saw this other group of kids in their car. And I said, pull up next to them, and I saw cross over and cross into their car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so that's the way we told them, just hold steady, keep your speed, and I'll jump into the car. And that's I did that. You know, or We'd go downtown, and I'd say, well, let's climb up the side of that building. You know, it'd be little ledges sticking out all the way up the building. And I'd, so I'd climb up, and they'd say, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, got, I must have had it in me some, you know, all along. But, and that's why I said when I saw the article in TV Guide, I'm going to check into that. And so look what happened 
50 years later. Well, interesting. How many kids now, even though we're talking about with TV Guide? Yeah, how many know what TV Guide is? Yeah, they wouldn't even know what it is. Yeah. What did, I'm surprised you guys even know. <laughs> Come on, my, my mom had to buy that every week at the store. That was one of the last things she picked up. Well, in fact, I there's they had a picture of it. Some There's a picture of it in some, one of my, this was another TV Guide thing. It wasn't that the article I read, but uh, where I'm up on the Space Needle. Up, you guys know about the Space Needle in Seattle? Yeah. Well, I used to live in Seattle. I know that. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, I did a fall off the roof. <gasps> Down onto a, a piece of plywood, I said, well, you know, the, the suicide prevention area, you can walk out on the viewing area, the yes. ramp. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, I played a assassin, and I shot a guy, and I take off running, and there's, there's CIA guys up there, and they're trying to capture me, but I run up and I get up on the roof. And the fluorescent lights are all around the edge of the roof so they can shine up there at night. I've got to pick a spot between the lights to where when I roll off, I've got to hit that. And I, I put a piece, a four by eight sheet of plywood. I leaned it up against the glasses at the top of the wall there. I leaned it up there so that I could hit that and not go out over the, over the edge. Oh, my gosh. So, only, so that was the Space Needle scene. What movie was that? Do you remember? Yeah, Parallax View. Okay. Warren Beatty. I want to watch it. And Paula Prentice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Which female actor oh. was your favorite to work with? Which female? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't. I don't know. I can't. I don't have a favorite. That's like my favorite place, you know, of all the places I, I've been. I I I can't I can't say I have a favorite. I had a lot of good places. I mean, I lived in Paris for three months on a show. I mean, my wife didn't mind that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just I, I really like though I like the jungles and that. I like uh, Deer Hunter, Apocalypse Now. I liked all that. Oh, mentioning uh, because you you know about Apocalypse Now. There was a scene in there with uh, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Dennis, I worked on a show, Colors. I was a coordinator, stunt coordinator, and with Robert Duvall and Sean Penn. Anyway, Dennis Hopper was the, the uh, director. And I said, hey, Dennis, remember that time over there on Apocalypse Now? He, go, he says, Chuck, I don't even remember Apocalypse Now. <laughs> he, he was so goofed up over there with the dope and stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was something. But, the, oh, they had to see him. It's when the PBR is coming into to the shore there, and he said, oh, come on right in here. and you Don't worry about the monkeys, but, but you better watch it. They bite. And he's ad-libbing this whole thing. And so finally after... Thirty-seven takes. <laughs> uh, uh, Copeland says, "Dennis, look, we've done thirty-seven takes your way. Can we do just one the way the script says that it's supposed to be done?" <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, that's the stuff. I mean, I'm not kidding you. So 
some of those. I'm telling you a few things now that you'll never see in any books. But <laughs> uh, I slept with a machete under my bed. I'm not kidding you. Because of some of the stuff that went on on that set, there were some things that you, you wouldn't want to be around, I'll tell you. Some tough times. But luckily they weren't all like that. <laughs> So we're, we're not going to be in trouble putting that out on the podcast, are we? I don't think at all. You don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that Dennis Hopper does listen to us. Well, Dennis Hopper's he's dead, dead, so he's oh. not going to say it. <laughs> okay, so. Steve is always really with it. <laughs> yeah. So you caught me lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway. <laughs> So anyway, I just you put in whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> what memories, what wonderful adventures your life has been. It's just it's a it's a stunt movie in itself. They should do a movie just about you. Oh, wouldn't that be well, awesome? Yeah. It's been exciting. That's all I want. You know what? I can you can put this in in the in your show. I my high was just my stunts and my general life. Hmm. I didn't do dope. I didn't do pot. I didn't do any of that stuff. If I was going to have a stunt, I didn't even have a beer the night before. I wanted to know that when I went to work, I was going to have my full capacities, not have something else. Like some of the stunt guys, I'm going to tell you, they were into dope. There was one group they were known for it. And And in fact, you didn't get invited into that group unless they knew you were into dope. So that's you know that's just a little story about the journal stunt guys. So in fact, you uh, in early stunts, early years, twenty in the twenties, thirties. I think I mentioned this to Diane that the stunt guys they carried a little bag. They didn't even have pads. They had a bottle of whiskey in it. That was their, <laughs> oh, really? that was how they got through the stunt. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your uh, way of doing things made your stunts much safer. Well, they worked. That's right. You know, I I would know going home that I I did the best to my ability to uh, make sure that it was done safely and 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 done the way that the, the director wanted to see it. Chuck, do you have any other interest? Uh, I mean, do you, I mean, do you, do you fish or shoot skeet or play I, golf? I, I was in a motor, I rode motorcycles for a long time in my, you know, on the weekends and that with my kids. And and uh, I played golf up until oh, a couple, about a month ago. I finally gave it up. It's just too much of a hassle to have to deal with just getting there and uh, the, just the things that were going on, you know, when you had to get there. But, yeah, other than that, oh, right now, too, <laughs> I go to the rifle and pistol range, try and get there once a week. It's another thing I do in my spare time. And I cut my own grass. I do my pool. That's what I do. And you know what? Maybe we'll, but you, you, since you mentioned guns, and do you have any thoughts about Alec Baldwin? Baldwin. Yeah. Baldwin. Yeah. I worked that. for them, too. I worked for them on the show. Uh, the first thought is, and uh, the, it, it's even a rule in the Screen Actors Guild book, 
rule book? No live rounds on the set. That's as simple as it is. Now, how they got there, who knows? But it was, I think it's part of the upper echelon to know what's going on on the set. And uh, I just think only in that area. He, he didn't no way ever want to shoot somebody, that's for sure. And and when he said he didn't pull the trigger on the gun, that's the only way that gun goes off is if you pull the trigger, Damn. you know. So he just in his thinking is there was no way I could have pulled the trigger, you know. In other words, I didn't mean it, so there's no way I could have pulled the trigger. And it was mostly that poor girl. She should have never had that responsibility she didn't have the experience is the main thing so that show that he's doing it was real going to be put together real cheap as cheap as possible so they hire the people that are going to work as cheap as possible and even the camera crew was having a a problem as you heard they took off the i think the day before they took off they quit they had to replace the crew so there you know there was a lot going on there and I just, uh, I, I don't know how, I'm not going to put any blame only on to him as far as being not maybe, I, as far as him checking the gun to see himself, you're never supposed to even have to do that. That's up to the, the prop guy or the armor. They do that. That's their job. You count on that. So I can't blame him in that area. Even the AD, that's not his job. I don't think I've I've been in a lot of places where the guns were. I never had an AD hand me a gun. It's always been a prop guy. That's their job. So see, they weren't people weren't doing what they were supposed to. Should have never had to handle that gun. Yeah, and And I, I, I didn't mean to bring that up, and we can take that out of there if you want. But it was it's it's timely, I guess. It was interesting. I I remember we talked about that a little bit when I was on the phone. Um, Chuck and, and I, but yeah, it's a, it, it's just, I was well, just curious, just, yeah, how that's it happened. Just my opi- that's yeah. my opinion, that's all. You know, I and I, a, I, I agree that there never should have been a, a live round no, anywhere. Yeah, not at all. There should not have been. And, and, and the girl being the experience that she only had, she, and she was under a lot of stress. She was doing a couple of jobs and she had to cover a, a, a quite a bit of territory i guess from where the where the uh, the wagon was where they kept the guns and the ammo and stuff she shouldn't have had to even uh worry about is there any live rounds in this box or that box it should be as it's marked and you go so she's gonna she'll go back on to the whoever supplied the ammo is what she'll do Wow. Yeah, I, I just heard some rumors that they were doing some shooting there. and That's what I heard, too. Now, I don't know if that'll ever come. If they were shooting there, Alec knew about it. In fact, he, he might even wanted to fire some real rounds himself, but nobody's saying anything in that area yeah. yet. But I got a hunch they were shooting. I heard there was, too. Wow. So we'll have to see if that really happened. If that happened, then there was no way he should have let that allow that to happen to take place we are just to let you guys know you're probably surprised we're an hour and 12 minutes wow, wow. <laughs> okay right yeah. i never thought 
I never talked that much. (laughs) (laughs) Was very interesting, though. I I really enjoy talking with you, Chuck. I mean, I, I. I always used to, Jill and I, we used to talk a lot, and uh, she used to tell me all these stories. So to hear them from you, it's been it's been a real priv- privilege, and I, I really enjoy it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, you know, that's what you you get out of it. That's what yes. counts. As long as you enjoy it, that's that's what I'm here for. Awesome. So, yeah, and, and, get, and then I, we're here to say that, this is art. You're an artist. Absolutely. Yeah, you right. are. You have to be yeah. very creative to be doing the things that you were doing. That takes a lot of creativity, a lot of problem solving, a lot of uh, critical thinking. All of those things come under the category of art and artistic ability. Thank you. And uh, I'm glad I, I was uh, able to come into the art in that area somehow. <laughs> you know? But anyway, I guess then, too, that we pretty much covered it. Chuck, this has been one of the most fascinating interviews that I've been part of, and I thank you for being with us today and telling us the story of your life and your career. I did want to mention, too, if any of your listeners, if they want to look up some of the other movies and things, oh, and yeah. then they could maybe see something that some of the movies that they saw or... We're ever interested in, but they can just Google and then put Chuck Waters stuntman, and then which you know they could look at some other things on there. A link that I I can send out uh, when we put the page together and show oh. them and get them to uh, the Pepperdine archive that they have set up. So that would be kind of fun for people to look at. I think it give them a little bit of information on what movies you've done and and that sort of thing. So yeah, we'll, well do I- all of that. You know what, too? I got to give Pepperdine credit while while we're at it. A director, famous second unit director that uh, Spielberg used as much as he could. And, and how I got working with him was on Raiders and mm-hmm. Indiana, all the, the three Indiana Jones. And then I worked with him a lot. Anyway, uh, he lived out in Malibu and he used to, because he was so well known out there, they'd let him swim free up at Pepperdine. They got a great pool. And so when Mickey passed away, uh, his daughters, they got to to the daughters and said, look, we'd like to do a thing on on Mickey archive. And so they were looking at some pictures. They didn't know who some of the people were, so the daughters called myself and said, could you, you know, pick out who these people are? can you come out here? We got all these different pictures. So I, I did go out, Charlotte and I picked out the pictures and things. And so I said, on the way out, we finished. I said, you know, I got a bunch of scripts in a box. You guys can have them. Said, oh, wow. No kidding. I said, but you got to come to my house because I live like <laughs> 40 miles away from Pepperdine. So I said, you got to come to my house. I said, oh, great. Well, I live in North Hollywood. I can come to the one girl. So I'll come by. So she comes to my house, and I start pulling up boxes. She walks in my office. She looks at all. I got pictures on my wall, a whole bunch of pictures. And she says, oh, wow, look at all these pictures. She says, would you mind doing it? I said, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) So anyway, I ended up packing all these pictures up, gave her my scripts, and so they did this great uh, archive thing. Wow. That's wonderful. That's how that came about. They did a great job with it. 
It, it, yeah, it really is a great archive, and just going through all of that, it kind of it brought back memories of the movies that I saw, and then some of them I didn't even know you were in them, so that was kind of fun. So, yeah, well, well, good then. So I guess that that's about it. <laughs> that's our hour right there. <laughs> Chuck, thank thank you very much. It's been it's been okay, fun. Steve. Thanks, Chuck. Yes, thank you, Good Chuck. Good talking, Diane, yeah. Linda. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully, hopefully we'll talk to you another time. We'll keep up with you. Yeah, I'll okay. make sure and send you the link and let you know where, where in the podcast is published. Great. Okay. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Just a second, boy. That was really good, huh? He's uh, great. I didn't think he'd talk that much, but that was awesome. And and, and, and Diane bought us this. Diane, do you want to give us a little where your where your hook is in with Chuck? Oh yeah. So um, I met his daughter Jill. Gosh, this was back in in the eighties, I guess. We were working together, and then she ended up getting me a job over a. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers and I worked there with her and she would tell me all these stories during lunch breaks or when we would go out after work she told me all these stories about her dad uh, and then uh, all the stunts that he was doing and all the different places that he was working and how he got started on Batman and all of those fun things and then uh, she posted something on uh, Facebook like about a couple of months ago and it was her father talking about the exorcist and I thought wow how fascinating telling that story and I, I thought this would be awesome if he would be willing to talk about his career on our art, art box and that mm-hmm. was how this whole thing started mm-hmm. because I thought a lot of what he does is really connected to art because he had mm-hmm. to he had to come up with a way to solve a problem or he had to look at it creatively and that's what I thought and so I contacted Jill and I said do you think he'd be he would be willing to do that and she says I don't know I'll ask him and sure enough and she gave me his email and phone number and I I talked to them, him and at first he said no 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 I'm not an I'm not an artist I don't do that and then so we I said can I talk to you and convince you and eventually that we ended up uh, he said yes he would do it so I'm excited I, I think it, he's a really amazing person and uh a lot of information and just shared and kind of walked down memory lane for me on all the movies. So it was fun. It was great fun. And I noticed, too, that when he talked about Martin Sheen asking him, well, how would you come up out of the water? So he did some of the performing that the artist kind of looked at. Well, how does he do it? I think this is the way I'll do it, too. So he got a lot of respect. He He did. He's a very well-respected person in the industry mm-hmm. and he talked to us I he know, did wasn't that fun <laughs> great Diane, you're great. the bomb oh yeah you are. <laughs> i'm so glad you guys w- were willing to do this because i think it was i mean i really didn't know how it was going to turn out but i'm really excited because i think he's just a great guy he is and now i want to go back and watch all these movies and I know, watch him too. fall yeah <laughs> yeah and now you know now i know yes well, I, I took all my notes so i'll definitely be queuing up some movies i don't know where we're going to find time but you know yeah. in right be, in between all the other things that we're doing yeah change your heart Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening.
To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the art box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Everybody's gotta learn sometime.